1: Learn more at marines.com. You are, you now, are now listening, listening to, to The War Report, Wednesday, Wednesday Night, Night. Night. War, War. War. Room. 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 With your host, host C. Doe.
0: It's your boy, C. Walker.
2: I got my boys with me.
1: Mike, Mike. G.
2: Get your weight up, strength and conditioning, development.
1: I show.
0: Stop thinking with your emotions and watch the tape. And Which
1: is not normal for me. It's taking something out of me. Are you,
0: are you ready? Because we,
1: we are now locked and, locked and loaded in. for the, the Wednesday Night, night War Room. Let's go!
0: Let's go ahead and get into it, guys. Uh, let's let's talk about some of the news and happenings happening around the program. One of the biggest stories that uh, related to Auburn football is... There was a defensive lineman that actually entered the portal back in January, Uh, Marquise Robinson, who was a four-star recruit uh, in the 2020 class, I believe. Uh, He actually, I believe it's 2021, actually, um, he is returning. Uh, Harson reported on Tuesday that he will rejoin the Tigers this summer, and that will definitely help to bolster some of the roster numbers and the depth concerns that people had. We knew this defensive line was going to be pretty good uh, with some guys returning, but the question was depth because we had a lot of guys leave uh, in the off season, uh, entering the portal, going elsewhere. So him returning is a, is kind of a big deal. Um, and let's take a look. Let's take a look at how this defensive line will look going into summer and fall. Of course, we don't know if anyone else may enter the portal. Um, They are doing player evaluations right now. So uh, to be determined on that. But as of now, here's what the numbers look like. Uh, Won't call out all of the linemen, but you can see them displayed here. Uh, What's interesting to note here is we see Colby Wooden is the is at the top, he's actually per f- pro football focus the highest rated returning starter. Um, not just lineman, but returning starter. Uh, the, mm. the highest rated defensive uh player from last year is actually expected to go in the draft uh this weekend in Roger McCreary. But Kobe is the second highest rated defensive guy uh returning. Um, we know what he, how impactful he was last year. 41 tackles, 7 sacks, 26 hurries last year. Uh, a person who uh, I find it interesting who is returning but didn't really grade out well was Marcus Harris. Uh, he was a big guy, uh, came over from Kansas, uh, played a lot, played a lot of football, but didn't grade out particularly well. But he did add on some weight. Uh, in the strength and conditioning program this off season, um, I expect to see uh, what he does in year two. Uh, Marquise Burks, uh, you know, of course we got guys like Thanos, uh, Jason Jones, the transfer uh, Zeke Walker, uh, who haven't heard a lot of people talk about. But when we look at the current roster, when we look at who we have returning, guys. How good do we feel about this defensive line? And in your personal opinion, how good can this defensive line be in 2022? Be will, I will start with you, sir. You know, without having seen
1: Jeffrey Mbaugh's impact on defensive line, because I have not seen him play football. We know he played on the junior college level. We know that uh, Jason Jones played at Oregon, but I haven't seen Jason Jones. So we lost some, but we gained some. We gained some guys who seem to fit the bill as far as physique and experience, but we haven't seen them play. We haven't seen them play under whatever's going to be different about this system, and we also haven't seen them play under the tutelage of our current D-line coach, Coach Brumbaugh, who, by the way, Auburn Football posted a little video of him doing some coaching. I feel better about Brumball. It's not like I was ever like I was about to mean, say did you didn't feel good about, about him at some point. I didn't know. I just knew that uh Nick Easton was a, by all accounts, a great coach and great recruiter, and we lost him. And I didn't know anything about Jimmy Brumbaugh. But watching Jimmy Brumball coach makes me feel like, huh. Okay. I've seen some clips of dudes coaching, and it's like, come on, come on, get after it. Now you're doing is yelling. It's like, all right, so I'm not so sure about this position group. But no, I mean, I've, I felt like it was a getting through and actually giving instruction and, and talking to him and, and connecting with him why he did it, and I think that's a big part of coaching college ball, so he seemed to have that, so I'm, I'm encouraged by that. Um, but still, we don't there's a lot we don't know about this group, new coach, new group, even though the d c may run the same system, he's not Derek Mason, so he may want to do some different things with the D line. So I am interested to see. How how it's going to shake out on the D-line, but I honestly expect everything to be better because the guys who are coming back, Wooden and Marcus Harris, I think Marcus Harris was talked a lot about how quick he was in, in fall camp last year, but now he's got some weight and some power to go with that quickness, and on the inside, that could be killer, man. You can get around that guard real quick, direct line to the quarterback, man, I'm excited to see what he can do. Um, again, I haven't seen Jeffrey Embaid, so I I'm, I'm, i don't know what he could look like. But Kobe Wooden has a lot to play for. He's in that situation that McCreary was in last year, which is you know the eyes are on you. You know they think you're good already. You could have gone last year. Now it's about coming back and improving, getting from third-round grade to a second round or a third round to a first round or whatever they had him man. I don't know how he graded mm-hmm. out out um, with drafty evals. I think because of that, we've got, um, and Jason Jones as well, we've got at least four defensive linemen who should be very good to great. At least four. And that's just two of the guys. That's that's more than, I mean, if we wanted to go all heavy, then we're good. We're going to smother somebody because we have experienced, mature bodies up front. And now that everybody's bought in, I don't have to worry about when the, the other guys come in behind them, are they playing with half their heart? You know, like, geese we know he did what he was asked but he maybe he didn't even want to play defensive line did you want to be there how how much do you take to to coaching if you're doing something you don't even really want to be doing and that's not the question is effort that's just that's human nature so right. the buy-in i think and we we've talked about this for the last couple of weeks and we can talk about it going forward as well that's going to yield dividends that we cannot yet we can't we can't add that up yet we we don't know how much Everybody who is here wanting to be here is actually going to improve their play, improve how well they take to coaching, and how well they play together. That's—oh, man. Ike said something I remember from from the show right after A-Day. He said, being on the field, seeing there, it was really something to see how much they were all celebrating each other's success when we scored, when something positive happened. And, man, it's it's really— I, I am nothing but excited. I'm close to sunshine pumping. I'm really close because I'm banking on that buy-in and the experience doing a lot more for us than people who think we're only going to get five wins next year. I think we're going to surprise some people. But the D-line the D is going to be a big part of that. And again, experience and physical talent. like this, the you, you can't say enough about that. There are teams, think about like Oklahoma State last year, right? Before Derek Mason went there. Oklahoma State is not great on defense every year. You know why they were great on defense last year, because nobody they don't get this stellar five-star talent. They get two, three, maybe some four-star guys. And by the time most of them are upperclassmen, everybody's been there long enough, bought in, and experienced enough to be great. They have they're gonna have one or two pieces go high. And the rest of them are just going to, maybe they get drafted, maybe they don't. But that's what happens when you have an experienced unit, stay together, physically get better and stronger every year you're in college without a whole bunch of changing around. That's what can happen. And we've got those guys. Now, they haven't been in this system that long. But we are due and we are primed for a breakout year, especially mid-year when everybody starts figuring out what's supposed to be what. I think we're going to be scary.
0: Mike G, talk to me, man. Uh, How excited are you knowing that this is perhaps going to be your most, uh, other than the edge position, your most senior-laden team in terms of experience along the D-line with the talent we have? How do you feel about it?
2: So I'm looking at this, and uh, we got some newcomers. I'm excited to see MBA, obviously. I think that's the one most people want to see, how he's going to do. But also, doesn't... Project as a starter right now. From what we know, uh, we had Jason Jones come over from Oregon. Uh, a lot of good things have been said about that young man, so I'm excited to see him. Uh, but ultimately, this can really be a strength. Uh, Marquise Robinson was the, is the one that's coming back, right? The one that just went through from the portal. So,
0: that's like
2: uh, this, this could be a strength strength of our team this year. Um, you know, uh, the the uh, linebackers backing them up are, are solid. I think I think we're in a good in good shape there. But this is your first line, and you you can have a really good defense uh with solid D line play. Uh, you know, when they're not allowing things to the second level and you know, coverage gets better. There's so many good things that happen when you have a solid D line. Uh and, and if you look at this, uh, we're pretty young. I mean, it's not really a senior laden line. We've got some juniors in here, there's some promising freshmen and some sophomores mixed in here. Um, It's a good mix, I think, of classifications as well, too, Um, to have experience and help build depth for the future. So uh, I'm excited about these guys. Uh Inite Sledge, that's the guy that's—isn't that the—that's the Carolina transfer, isn't it? No, no no, exactly. no, 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 He's a True freshman. freshman. Oh, he's a he freshman. freshman. He, came, he came from Louisiana. Who's, mm-hmm. Oh, no, wait. Yeah, we recruited Sledge. I'm sorry. But yeah, like— Carolina guy's a linebacker. Yeah, I don't—the name threw me but the uh yeah i'm just really excited about this group i think that this defense played really well last year at times like like extraordinary last year at times based on what they were up against in, in certain situations and then going into next year man life just gets so much easier when you can will we be able will this group be able to pressure the quarterback with four down linemen Like, can we get pressure with our front four without having to blitz linebackers and send corners from the outside and do all kind of crazy stuff? That's it. Defense gets easier when you can do that as well, too. So I'm looking forward to seeing what it is that we kind of look like in camp, in fall camp, headed into, into that first week of the season. But I think this group has a chance to do that. Ike, your thoughts, man? yeah i i think that this group
0: is definitely poised to do some some damage um what this group indicates is mm-hmm. we should be stout against the run man like look at these guys like right two eighty four two sixty one excuse me looks like the smallest dude on this group um and he's a red shirt freshman um And Kobe Wooden at 284, though he comes in uh, towards the bottom of the list in size, he plays with power. Uh, Him and Marcus Harris, man, I, so I've been doing a lot of evals trying to get this stuff ready for the drafts. uh, And I was looking at tape, I was going through looking for tape on um, Zacoby McClain and Tony Fair. And I'd be dogged if I didn't just keep seeing Kobe Wooden and Marcus Harris flash every time I started looking at the front seven, man. And I was just like, God, they're so good. Like, you know, they weren't perfect last year. You know, they were getting swallowed by some blocks every now and then, um, you know, missing some stuff that they should have seen. But good Lord, man, they were making plays consistently up front. And another year of them, if they're healthy the entirety of this season, and if they just get a little better— they're going to be a problem, man. They're going to be a huge problem in that front four, man. Good grief. Um, and then that's not even to talk about what we have coming off of the edge, right? Like the ed- right. This, this doesn't even include edge rushers, right? And like Derek Hall was amazing last year. And, um, you know, you're going to have another year of uh, – what's your other guy? 55. Eku. Somebody help me. Echo Leota is going to be a year better. He's going to get more snaps this season. I right, Man. Like I don't, I don't, I don't want to get too hyped too early. You know, I'm not p- predicting shutouts like Mike G was last year. <laughs> but what I am saying is, this defensive line can be really good. They can be really good. <laughs> they've got the experience. They've got the talent. They've got the coaching. Um, if they anchor this defense the way that they are capable of, it's going to be a problem for a couple of teams next year, right? Like. The issue that we had last year outside of offense against Georgia was that we just got tired, right? Same thing with Mississippi State, same thing with Alabama. We just got tired. Um we can probably rotate guys pretty consistently with this group and nobody get tired and not have a significant drop off in skill. So uh yeah man I- I'm looking for I'm looking for a heavy productivity from that group because uh, they've got some studs. Yo, what's up? This your man Ike Jones with the War Report, and you've been listening to the War Report Wednesday night War Room. If you want to get in on the conversation early, catch us as we broadcast this show live on Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central on YouTube. Make sure you check out our other content while you're there: Facts and All, the Weekend Tailgate, our Player Interview Series, builder Rapport are going strong. All right, enough of that. Let's get back to the show. Um, not 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 to be not to be too sensational here, but how close? To 2019, good. Can this line be, in your opinion? Ooh, 2019. How defensive close? Line. So I'm not saying better or even this on mm-hmm. the same level. How mm-hmm. close to 2019 can this squad potentially be? I, I saw Derek Brown throw an
1: offensive lineman into mm-hmm. an offensive lineman, who then fell into um, Joe Burrow. When yeah. We played LSU. I don't think we have one of those guys on the roster. I would Aaron, love to
0: be wrong. I, Brown I mean, is, he's, he's a different kind of monster for sure.
1: I, I sure. think we, it makes me want to go back and drink retroactively to think about how piss poor our offense had to be at LSU and at Florida to lose us those games because our defense dominated thoroughly all game long until, well, for Florida they got tired and then trash put up a competition. But I don't think we have, a difference maker to that extent. Like Derrick Brown was like, we need the ball. Okay, I'm going to go get the ball. From the the inside, we're not talking about, I'm going to beat you with speed and bend the edge. We know that's not, it's not everybody can't do that great. But for somebody to be strong enough and fast enough to get to your quarterback from the inside consistently, it's otherworldly. That's why he went top 10. And I don't think we have that difference maker. And I think that kind of Allowed everybody else to be great. I don't think we're gonna do it that way. Um, if if we are that productive as a defense, meaning we're limiting people in terms of yards and points, it's going to be because everybody is pulling their weight. Um I think if you take D B and Wallace Davidson off that defense, then
0: we probably look significantly worse. And I don't think that's gonna be the case. That's not even a question. We were twenty I mean, you take them off, it was twenty twenty. Yeah, exactly. You saw what our defense the <laughs> defensive exactly. line looked like in twenty twenty. I mean, the entirety yeah. of our defense was significantly worse without those two on it. Just because you don't have to worry about so man, I don't I don't want to bag on nobody, man, but good again, I'm watching tape and I put on the tape of Tony Fair and I'm watching him getting getting swallowed by, by uh some, some offensive linemen and getting run over a little bit. Um, and that's one of the things, too, like with um, just some of the other guys that we had playing interior, like, um, shoot, forget Tony Fair. Uh, you talk about uh, J.J. Peggy's playing on the line, man. He was getting bullied um, in situations, one-on-ones and double teams. And what you have to be able to do, so and this this is where, like, you look at the productivity of Derek Brown. Uh, he didn't have the numbers of some of these other guys who are, like, edge rushers. He was literally taking on double teams almost every play. But they weren't moving him. So it's like you don't get to go to the second level because you still didn't deal with Derrick Brown at the first level. He was right. just – he's he's occupying double teams. And if you put one dude on him, that was – he was embarrassing that one guy. So it's like you had to – so of the five people who can block along here, two of them have to account for Derrick Brown. That means linebackers flowing downhill easily. That means somebody else has got a one-on-one on the outside. He made that line so much better. Then you got Marlon Davidson, who they're moving from edge to inside and moving all over the place, and they're just trying to figure out where he is. So the options there are, if he's on the outside, you got to put a tight end over the top of him. So that occupies somebody who can't get into the pass game. Um, you've got to put a run blocker, in, a running back in there to chip against him. If he's coming from the middle, do I devote another tackle and guard to him while the center and tackle are Like, you understand, like... Now you've got four people to, to block two dudes. Mm-hmm. That puts our defense at some sort of numbers advantage every single down. Mm-hmm. It's just a different proposition when you can dominate up front in that way. And if we have close to that productivity, again, I watched Kobe Wooden. He wasn't getting double teamed a lot, and he was winning a bunch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I watched Marcus Harris last year. When he wasn't getting double teamed, he was winning a bunch. And I was I'm like— Hey, y'all y'all might want to account for them in y'all game plan next year because those dudes can be, they could be real. So if Tony Fair's replacement actually plugs up the middle, which they say Jason Jones is a brick wall in there. Like he just, he gets in there and does not get moved. And, and I guess that's what, because you, you're talking about, of course, you're talking about a different type of system with this team than than what we had in 2019. Some mm-hmm. of these guys are being asked to do some things differently. But if you have guys who are difficult to block, like a Kobe, like a Marcus, and you have that guy, you have that true stop gap in the middle, mm-hmm. which again allows our linebackers to play free, right? And just play downhill. I'm seeing I'm seeing some special productivity in the front seven. Yeah. Yeah. It it could get yeah. scary. Thomas Good to have you on with us. Good evening, War Report families. So looking forward to this season. When the sports writers print that we're going to stink, that is when Auburn shines. War Eagle to the fans who are long and steady War
2: Damn Eagle fans. Uh, don't, don't fall for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> don't fall for it. They're trying to get the clicks. If you click, you fell for it. Yeah, that actually yeah. makes me comfortable when they start telling us we're going
0: to be bad. I actually, I like that. That's been happening for quite a lot a while. Like, like, we were in college when people have been talking us down, and it's just been the opposite. I, I do look forward to—I look forward— to live up to expectations and, like, we're, yeah, they say we're going to be yeah. good and we're actually good. That would be nice. That's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for. It, it's almost like when they give us—it's almost like when you get that top 10 ranking and you're just like, oh, <laughs> so here we go, right? Um— But I am looking forward to us living up to it when they say we're going to do good. I don't want us to live up to expectations this year because they're they're (laughs) right. They got us expected to do really bad. So yeah, we're 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 staying the course for sure. Uh, Black Jesus, AB, Will, you missed out on some talk about Jimbo Fisher. Had me rolling every time you talk about him.
1: Yeah, that loser. Let's, Let's see. I want him to win the West one time. Just win the West, just one time, please, sir with all your national championship experience. Just just win the West once,
0: please. Loser. Okay. Stuart Donald (laughs) says, as of 5.30 today, there are only two uncommitted O-linemen in the portal. Chris, (sighs) not going to do it, and a (laughs) three-star offensive tackle from UT, (laughs) And Jonah Mil- Miller, a four-star from Oregon. Thoughts on our chances of landing him? I haven't heard of us. Really, I don't know that we're
2: going after either of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is another one of those things where we don't attack every four-star lineman in the portal. Everybody starts freaking out about. Recruiting. I mean, I, listen, I, I I
0: understand that people feel like our offensive line needs help. Um, I think that our coaches feel like our offensive line is super experienced, and they're going to go into the season. Understanding the scheme even better, and they're going to be good. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know that they're aggressively going after the old linemen that have been in there. They went after a couple of them early, I think, um, and then they got into spring camp and saw what they had, and they were like, "I think we're going to be okay. We've got some injuries out there. Once these guys get back, I think we'll be fine." Uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't know that we're gonna, we're gonna even attempt to get either of them. Yeah. I agree, but let me ask you this: Do you at least look at someone for next year? Ah, uh, so that's a good question. What's the eligibility left on either of those two guys that are in the portal? I don't know the answer. To yeah, that. I don't
2: answer that. Yeah.
0: So that I mean that'll be the only reason I'm looking because I think you're set. Uh, everyone comes back healthy. You're set on O line. I would think you have a you yeah, have productivity superst- is yet to be seen. Right? Like I, you're set as far as numbers for sure. Numbers, I don't know how sure. productive that group can be, but. Um, but, yeah, again, I don't know that they're really even making any aggressive pushes for any O-linemen in the portal right now. Ryan Hanser says, enjoy the Robbie Ashford interview and respect his attitude towards getting coached. Uh, Mike Ike, you guys want to speak? Uh, I wanted to kind of mention this anyway, so I'm glad this came up. Your thoughts on interviewing uh, Ashford and just his excitement or his, his attitude after spring?
2: Uh, I don't know how I feel About Robbie anymore He said Shed was the fastest On the team <laughs> He did say uh, that Oh, don't oh, Robbie He like, <laughs> did say that He's a little young To be smoking It's not legal I think, in Alabama I think, he, I, I think that's a Hoover High school bias <laughs> There might though. have been right, I think that's, that's, that's a Hoover point. High yeah. school okay, bias Okay alright well, <laughs> That's a I mean, good one That's a good one Yeah Other than that He was, he was Did it y'all was give him interview. gummies before the, before the interview Did y'all no, give him no, gummies no, no, I, no, I will not don't, be responsible Don't, even, don't, don't joke about that Even a little bit Um <laughs> he he uh, he's got um, he's got a, he's got the right attitude. I think he feels like he did extremely well this spring. Made up some ground uh, where he might have, and then he expressed that you know he's trying to get through the playbook. Man, he's uh, in there trying to get through the playbook and understand the system. And you know, if you're going to pull on the, get put on the field, the coaches have to trust that you know what to do um, and that they can use you in every situation. So. Limited playbook knowledge means limited usage in certain situations. Uh, Robbie seems to understand that. So he's he's working hard, man. I've been impressed with his, his overall demeanor and maturity. Uh, for still a relatively young guy uh, that's come in, he hasn't seen the field yet. But, like, uh, I'm hoping that we get to see, no matter what, we get to see some of him on the field this year in one fashion or another. Like, if we don't see Robbie, it needs to be because – do who started is is leading us to the west title, right? Like that's how I feel. Um, so we'll see. Like I said, I, I think he I think he's in in a good spot. Uh, he was very fortuitous for him that uh, that Calzada sat out uh, yeah. a portion of the spring so that he could get those reps in and uh, show the coaches. And the coaches seem to be very verbally supportive of him as well, too. And saying things like, you know, hey, you know why we brought you in here. Right. We brought you in to compete, do the job, and you're going to get a shot. So, uh, Robbie feels like there's real competition happening in the QB room and uh, on the team in general, and I believe him. So, great interview. I always love talking. He'll be back. He'll be back this summer, too, before camp. So, you guys will see a lot of Robbie Ashford.
0: Indeed, indeed. Layden says, what was Gus doing to bring those guys in? Mm-hmm. I don't he know was if I want about to touch
2: that phone to touched that one. The, how good the d
0: lines were the the d line recruiting was yeah I, I don't know how much Gus himself had to do with that, but yeah, I'd say Gardner probably had a little more to do with that, but I think we all know n i l was n i l before n i l though you know listen, that happens everywhere. I'm just talking yeah. like with Kevin Steele. So here's the thing, and we talked about this. If you haven't seen the latest edition of Facts or Not, nah, we talked about the potential for bringing a wide receiver, and, when, and we can actually loop in that conversation we just had about offensive linemen into this. When you think about how highly someone can get drafted at a specific position, offensive linemen come at a premium in the NFL. Like That is one of the places where outside of quarterback, it's quarterback, edge rusher, offensive linemen. Those are the three places where you could potentially be a number one overall pick and people feel like they're going to get their money's worth if they hit it right, correct? Right. Why would you go somewhere at one of those three spots, offensive lineman, quarterback, edge rusher, that's not producing people who put people into the NFL routinely? Yep. If I want to be a number one, number one overall pick, I need to go somewhere where I know that because regardless of what you think about skill level, skill level could get you into the NFL. What gets you drafted higher? Uh, who is that that we were talking to about? Uh, it might—I don't even know if it was on this show. Honestly, I might have been someplace else. I was looking. They were just talking about the the difference in how scouts see people on winning teams mm-hmm. versus. It was uh, Devin. It was so Devin. If your team is winning, then your the eyes are on you even more, right? So, your if your offense is out there being putrid. You could be the best person on a putrid team. People will always be like, well, how come you didn't contribute to that team winning more? You're right. going to want to go to places where the offense is going to be doing. That's why Oklahoma can continue to. They, they can be terrible every year if they make it into the playoff, but they're going to put offensive linemen in the league over and over and over again because that offense always looked good. Mm-hmm. Right? That's why Kentucky has started to do so well as far as O-line prospects because their offensive linemen have been going to the NFL. That's why Bama always gets top recruits on the offensive line. Georgia, top recruits on the offensive line, they put people in the league, Mm -hmm. right? So it's just got to be a thing where you've got to prove it on the field a little bit more as a team before those types of people start to want to come to your program. Um, And so with the defensive side of the ball, the defense was looking good. So defensive line recruits, I mean, again, a lot of how great that team looked was two guys, but... The, the people who are around them in the secondary proved to be pretty good as well, you know, like, but that's that's how it works. All right. Before we get to the break, I'm going to do uh, one more. Corey Weber says, I am afraid to rely on Emba, French dude that has never played SEC ball, has really only played football a few years. Thoughts on this, guys?
2: I don't matter. Athleticism is athleticism. Uh, there's lots of guys. Uh, I don't know who, that we rely on him though. Like yeah. he, I think he's going
0: to be in the rotation if he can play. I think we have enough good guys that they're just going to not just going to force him onto the
2: field. If yeah, yeah. Play. I don't, I don't, I don't even. I don't think he projects as a starter right now. Even I think he's going to be a really good depth piece. And then if he turns out to be good, he'll get more playing time. Yeah. Um, but he is a physical presence. Um, sure. and they're going to rotate a lot. I mean, we, no matter who our defensive coordinator has been since 2013, it's been like a staple that we have been ro- We rotate a lot of guys on defense. So if you play defensive line, you're going to get in the game, whether you're a starter or a backup, as long as you can contribute and you know provide a solid performance. So he'll, he'll have his chance to show what he can do in critical situations. I have no doubt. I'm curious yeah, we'll see
0: what we'll his healing does look like. Um, yeah, we'll see what he looks like once he gets uh, back from, you know, he's back from the surgery officially.